Welcome to the Irish NFL Show's Erlingus College Football Classic Preview on the eve of Super Bowl 58. We are coming to you from Las Vegas and looking ahead to the College Football Classic taking place in August. Never too early, though, to start looking ahead because we've got some very interesting Super Bowl links with some former Florida State and Georgia Tech players uh, likely to take to the field on Sunday and could even be decisive contributors to the way Super Bowl 58 turns uh, in the spin. Uh, a reminder that you can... Get the pre-sale link. You can book tickets for the College Football Classic in Dublin um, through the link in our podcast bio. We'll throw out that link again for anybody interested in getting those tickets early. And very interesting tie set up indeed between Florida State and Georgia Tech. Um, a lot to get through, Colin, but one of the, the players, uh, one of the former alumni here uh, is Derek Nadi, Kansas City, who unfortunately is on injured reserve and isn't going to have the chance to add to his own collection of Super Bowl rings. You know, he, he, won, the, he won one with the Chiefs a couple of years ago and famously donated a lot of money to to rescue dogs afterwards. So I know that'll be something close to your heart and, and, to, and to Sheriff's heart, uh, your own beloved dog. But uh, not only is he a pet lover, but Derek Natty is a, is a mean part of that Kansas City de- defensive line. And we'll, and we'll take some replacing, in fairness to him. He's had a really good season and been a key contributor for them on Steve Spagnuolo's feared defense. Yeah, he has gone. This is the first time in his Chiefs career that he's really kind of had to to miss significant time. Had a, um, an injury in 2021, but outside of that, uh, this is a guy who's absolutely been a staple of the, the Chiefs defense, so important to their run defense as well. And they'll need all Spags' know-how and Brendan Daly's know-how to combat a, a 49ers running offense that is uh, the envy of the entirety of the, the league, I would say. You pointed out some of the kind of character traits uh, that he has as well, known for his uh, work off the, the field and a big presence. Uh, so literally and metaphorically, they have um, a, a gap to, to fill there. Um, but I suppose a testament to the, the way in which the Chiefs do really develop um, defensive players uh, you know, they, they've got a, this from, what, what is it, year seven in the league? And obviously the, the current crop. Uh, but if you're, you know, if, if Steve Spagnuolo is uh, a big fan of yours, you're clearly doing something right in the league. And Brian, you know, we often talk about the, the edge rushers and we, you know, we talk about the guys in the secondary, particularly the cornerbacks who get a lot of the garlands. But you know, one of the things that's become very evident this season with Kansas City when they've leaned so heavily on their defense is their ability to clamp down on the interior run. The run between the tackles um, has been key to their success. In fact, it underpinned uh, their second-half performance against the Buffalo Bills, without which they wouldn't be in the big game. Absolutely. We spoke, I think we spoke throughout the course of the season, in particular when the team was going through a tough period where they weren't getting the wins, how, how much the defense was stepping up. Whilst they weren't getting the victories, it was very... Uh, evident how much they enjoy playing under the Steve Spagnuolo's game and how they kind of he seems to get the best out of it and, and I, I throw Brendan Day is that like Brendan Day has been linked for a number of defensive coordinator roles recently and Adam had a great opportunity a couple of years ago to Super Bowl albeit remotely to ask him a question and he spoke about the commitment from the players is our understanding how to get the best out of players and you can say it about this particular player you know, coming to the college game going to the Chiefs and now they understand the, the characteristics behind the player. You know, Colin, you touched out there, and, and Colin was a great lighting to the to the dog story with like his fondness for doing that type of stuff off the field. Every player is a different aspect of what they want to do in a personal standpoint. But what we've seen over the course of the season, 
they've got to suit well, and you could argue they've got to suit well predominantly because of the defense. I know the offense has come on strong in the playoffs, but he's been a key, a key player, and it's a shame in many ways that he won't be able to just fulfill another year of being in the NFL by playing in the Super Bowl, you know, the biggest game of the season. Had a really strong game last year. Strong seasons, three and four to see a player of that magnitude go down for them. But this is the nature of Chiefs defense. Next man up, and they seem to all buy into that very much as their opportunity to get out there and prove a point to the team and obviously be used, you know, contribution towards winning the game on Sunday. Maddie, of course, will be cheering on the Seminoles when Florida State take to the field against Georgia Tech in Dublin at the Aviva in August. But Colm, uh, a player who will be cheering on Georgia Tech, no doubt, is, is Harrison Butker, a friend of the podcast, friend of the Irish NFL show who's been, been on with us in the past, um, but a guy who very much will be a key part of proceedings on Sunday. And indeed, you know, given his record in the playoffs, and it seems the more difficult the environment and the more the, the bigger the playoff moment, the, more, the better you get, the better version of Harrison Butker you get. I mean, it, it's noted that his field goal percentage when the temperature is below zero, is one of the best in NFL history. I think he's he's 31 of 34 for for field goals when the temperature is below zero. Most of those, of course, in the playoffs, um, given how the, the temperature tends to be at that time of the year. Probably not going to be that cold in the Dome at Allegiant Stadium, but you can bet that if Butker is called upon to have to split the uprights, um, most people will be backing him to succeed. Yeah, a very interesting one, especially that record in, you know, negative degree weather, Connor, because this is a guy who grew up in Atlanta. And when he went to Georgia Tech, he was, you know, a local boy done good and local boy done incredibly good, uh, given his uh, NFL career, you would you would have to say. I, I mean, it, it's been, it, kickers are always a little bit up and down and they fluctuate uh, over the, the course of their careers. Uh, even the Justin Tuckers, you know, have down years. Last year wasn't a great year during the regular season for for Butker, but he really came into his own in the playoffs. And this year he had a real bounce back year, almost 95% uh, success rate uh, throughout the, the regular season. And he's continued that. And he is a guy kind of where you know you can rely on him. Uh, he was asked, um, you know, questions about like, did he, you know, watch the... Uh, NFL uh, films about Vinatieri and the the boot hits the ball and the slow motion of the ball turning and the music and the crescendo uh, and did he you know did he want that for for himself and he said uh, that would be nice but it's also nice when we win by 17 points and I don't have to uh, concern myself so that Chiefs uh, mentality of just getting it done they they don't care how they have to do it and he's another who embodies that. Uh, another guy who uh, certainly does a lot of work off the field. I think a guy who is very public that his faith uh, plays a huge uh, role uh, in in his life and kind of drives uh, his approach to both the, the playing game, but also uh, his work in the community. Brian, I was uh, sneakily checking Harrison Booker's playoff stats as Colin was talking about him there. And you know, as Colin mentioned, he's had a real bounce back this season in the regular season, but he's been nails in the playoffs. He's 100% on field goals and extra points. Indeed, this is, and I don't want to jinx him ahead of the Super Bowl, but this is this is the third of his seven playoff runs where he's been 100%. Um, he didn't miss a kick in, in two of the, pre, the Chiefs' previous um, playoff runs, and, and he's followed through to form this year. And that's been crucial, critical. When you look at particularly the game against the Ravens, which ultimately was a low-scoring game where the Chiefs triumphed 17-10. You know, they had to settle for a lot of field goals against Miami before their offense got rolling. 
um, in in that game. And anytime they've called on him, he's been exactly what they would have wanted. Yeah, I am kind of reflect on last season's championship game. You know, he scores a critical field goal, the walk off field goal to beat the Bengals, and he scores a walk off field goal to to win the Super Bowl. I'll be it was probably a chip shot by the time you know the play was made. But at the same time, he's he switched on it there. Whilst he's had some off putting moments at times, you know, over the course of the year last year or two, he comes to the big games and the big occasions. And he, you're talking about the championship game there, and you're right, like to. Those points are critical. We talk about the fact that the Chiefs didn't score in the second half. You bring him on, and it's not just a shift shot. It's a 40, I think it's 48, 50 yard in in Baltimore in once adverse weather conditions, but tough weather conditions. And he inhales it and he gives him a great comfort going into half time. It'd be interesting to see. I recall last year's Super Bowl, he did miss one very early on in Super Bowl last year. I think he hit the post. But again, it didn't seem to bother him because he came out in the second half. He scores a winning field goal. He, he strikes me as the kind of kicker. He doesn't need that too much get on his on his shoulders, and whilst he might have a difficult career during the, for his career, he bounces back very quickly. Certainly, going into the game, you're asking about the expectations of kickers, and we've spoke about a rookie kicker on the other side of the of the uh, of the coin. There's what the Fortune Earners have, and we've seen him miss critical kicks this season. Yeah, you know, one against in championship game, one against the Browns. You're talking about you know special players and special moments. You would argue Harrison Booker certainly. One to be up there. It could be the guy that changes things on Sunday. Special teams for special players, as Jason Bell always says in this in the Sky coverage. Uh, Brian, uh, Colin, what one of the, the players on the 49ers side, a former Georgia Tech player, is Jordan Mason, um, who's one of their running backs in the second year. And um, the thing about Kyle Shanahan's offense is obviously he relies on a beautifully designed running game, and you know Mike McDaniel earned his head coaching. Uh, honors and his shot in, in the Dolphins based on what he was able to do in helping scheme up that running game for Sh- Shanahan when he was uh, the run game coordinator for uh, for the 49ers. Mason hasn't had necessarily a huge amount of touches and it's difficult when you're queuing up behind Christian McCaffrey for starters. You've called Usyk at fullback. Elijah Mitchell obviously gets plenty of touches. But to be fair to Mason, when he's been called upon and it's his, it's only his second year there, let's be fair to him, um, he tends to have delivered. You know, he's Managed to punch in a couple of touchdowns this year, including a critical one against the Seahawks in a game the 49ers needed in order to clinch the NFC West, which sent them well on their way to the number one seed. Um, he's a guy who you can see getting some playing time on Sunday. And, you know, it's often the case that McCaffrey busts off a huge run, Shanahan immediately gives him a break. And that's when you have an opportunity, if you're an Elijah Mitchell or you're, a jo- or you're Jordan uh, Mason, to shine. Yeah, and, and it is, I think they... They are so they use the run game in such unique and creative ways that he likely will definitely get some opportunities. You think uh, he has made the most of some of the opportunities had this theory. He upped, he, uh, maybe hasn't been as explosive, but uh, he's tripled his number of uh, touchdowns. So uh, that's got to be pleasing for him, and to know that I guess he's trusted uh, in those situations to, to hand him the the ball so that he can find the end zone. It like. When you're behind Christian McCaffrey, uh, who, you know, really could have made a, a strong case to be the, the league MVP, maybe we'll all uh, get a, a huge surprise with, about Lamar. But you've got to, you know, you got to take chances when they, they come to you. And ultimately, he now has the opportunity to win a ring uh, in his uh, second season. And uh, that, uh, uh, you know, I think for um, for any player, to, to be a part of it. And you hear the players, they always talk about the, the next man up mentality. You never know what, what can happen in a, in a Super Bowl. Uh, so um, 
he has has definitely to remain on the, the 53 because Kyle Blick brings plenty of people in over the course of those long off seasons and uh, he really tests out to make sure uh, his, his running backs that he's got the the room that, that he wants so it's a credit um, to to this guy that he's been able to stick around in San Francisco and Brian, you know, Colin touches on an interesting point there because we look at Super Bowls past and you and I had had a brief conversation about this earlier today and yeah, we spent so much time talking about the Christian McCaffreys and the Patrick Mahomes and the Travis Kelseys and all the, the, the skilled players who you expect to shine. But so many Super Bowls, so many of the critical plays in Super Bowls ultimately end up being delivered on the offensive side of the ball by the unheralded ones. There's the Kadarius Tony. Remember him from, from last year's Super Bowl, Sky Moore. David Tyree, you know, some of those legendary plays end up being delivered by the player who wasn't necessarily getting the, the highlights before the game because that's the nature of playoff football. That's the nature of Super Bowls. These coaches have had two weeks to scheme for this. All of the marked men are marked men. And that's the opportunity for the Jordan Masons of this world to come to the fore when it matters most. Yeah, I, I mean, people have crushed Shanahan in particular around running backs. So with the exception of the, the McCaffrey trade and him becoming the, was the marquee player on the offense. Like we've seen this team go to the, to numerous championship games, and they've had a, a different string of running backs. So it doesn't come as a surprise to see the likes of Mitchell and obviously Mason there getting their opportunity. I was just interested when I looked at his numbers over the course of two years. He's already operated over four hundred fifty four yards. He's he's had four touchdowns. He's averaging five point six yards a carry. Like he's pretty. You can understand why Coach Shanahan is using him and utilizing him when he gets the opportunity because his average run rate is very strong for like there's many a running back in the league that. Similar numbers, and if he was if he wasn't sitting behind McCaffrey, you'd wonder how more productive he would be in this team. But obviously, when you've got a player of that magnitude and level ahead of him, but it's very much to the point we made when we were you know recording a number of various different podcasts over the course of the week. We've seen many a game this season where McCaffrey, you know, strikes out a big run, or whether it's the yards after catch off a reception and he's taken out and given an opportunity to the guys that you touched on there. So it wouldn't come as a surprise if you saw Mason in there on Sunday, capitalizing the opportunity to score a touchdown in the Super Bowl which many a player would wish to have that that piece on Sunday if you, as you said there's bound to be a player on Sunday on one side of the ball whether it's the Chiefs or whether it's the 49ers that is steps out and does something that we didn't expect we've obviously outlined a number of players over the course of the week but again he's one to float under the radar and certainly one to keep an eye on and it's, it's a reminder as well Colm and look we're talking about Georgia Tech and, and Florida State because they're the two teams that will be taken to the field in August for the Lingus College Football Classic and, and looking ahead to that game these guys are playing in the Super Bowl and, and one of the things personally that I love about the College Football Classic is you know looking at all the players on the field and wondering who's who's going to make the NFL and who are you likely to see uh, going on to great things in the future I mean we think about even last year Peter Skaronski played uh, for Northwestern or, or sorry two years ago played for Northwestern named to Pro Football Focus's NFL All-Rookie team this year you know the, these guys who, who you're, you're seeing in the flesh playing college football one week, the next thing you know are lighting it up in the NFL. Yeah, um, and I think that pipeline has accelerated even more so uh, in recent times, Connor. We've seen uh, rookies c- come in and, and maybe in the past, if you went back kind of 10, 20 years, uh, you were seeing rookies eased in. Now rookies come in and they start from day one and they impress from day one in all sorts of, of positions. Uh, I think Brett Coleman, I saw him do a piece that uh, for the old pro cornerbacks, uh, over uh, 80%, almost 85% were in within their first six seasons in the, the league. Uh, so there are certain positions where uh, being a, a youngster 
uh, is so important to see. That's why you see the young cornerbacks start now and you see the rookie wide receivers. I mean, it, they've been breaking records uh, year after year after year, it seems, with uh, Chase and Jefferson uh, and now Puka Nakua. So uh, one wonders what uh, you know we will see in the, the years to come because they're going to continue to do that. And part of that is that so many of the concepts uh, particularly on the offensive side of the ball that uh, have been in college football um, have be, you know really come into the NFL much more so in recent times and the game favors uh, attacking and passing football and um, and so we generally the, this season has been a little bit of, of a, a blip so I'm interested to see the response next year but in general we've seen much higher scoring games and uh, so it'll be interesting to see the response to the response on that. Um, but college football is it it is the pipeline into the NFL and even um with you know other pathways and teams you know holding their own tryouts etc cetera, etc cetera, uh, it's still where uh, the players and the, the superstars in particular uh where they hone their craft and both of these programs Brian have a really strong record of producing a column mentioned cornerbacks like you don't have to look too far back from a Florida State uh perspective to look to, to Jalen Ramsey lockdown corner in the NFL one of the real standouts um, in the secondary over over recent seasons uh, Super Bowl winner with with the Rams of course um, he came out of that Florida State program they've also in the past uh, a little bit further back had Deion Sanders come, come, coming out of there so they know what they're doing on both sides of the ball Shaq Mason for, from a Georgia Tech perspective um, not that not all that long um, out of the Yellow Jackets um, you know guys won two Super Bowls with the, with, with the Patriots so you're talking about an awful lot of talent that's going to take to the field in the Aviva in um, in, in August. And as Colin was saying, you know, the Shaq Masons, the Jalen Ramsey, the Deion Sanders of tomorrow are likely to be there for both on either side of the ball. Yeah, we're very much spoiled. We're talking about games being in London and Germany, but obviously the college game is something that, you know, we, we hold such a high esteem here because it's the one game right now that we get on this side of the world in terms of in Ireland. And yeah, we're seeing Notre Dame one year. We're seeing Florida State come over this year. And imagine when the game was... And now it's no one really foreseen the season, the great fantastic season in which they have. But it goes to show the magnitude of the program which they're running down there, the professionalism. And we're only going to, that's only going to be enlightened for everyone come August when we see these pairs step on the field, knowing that seven or eight months later, they're all going to be putting themselves in the, in the position to go to the combine and be available for, for draft selection. <clears throat> we're very fortunate. You're touching on some, you know, marquee players like Jalen Ramsey. The, we're talking about Super Bowl weekend. Me and Colin were fortunate two years ago to see Jalen Ramsey first time in the Super Bowl. And uh, had a difficult day with Jamar Chase and T. Higgins and Tony Boyd, but still ultimately came out the winning sign of it. Obviously, he's gone on to the Dolphins, another strong season, and obviously the time in which he had with the Jags and Shaq Mason. I mean, we're talking about players that really have stellar careers in the NFL, or still having stellar careers in the NFL. And they've capitalized on a really strong program within the college game to put themselves in that position to go into the NFL and understand the nature of what's expected of them once they do land in the NFL. Colin, I've got to say, without nailing my colours too firmly to the mask, I'm particularly looking forward to seeing this Seminoles team in August. They had a fantastic season last year. You know, slight black cloud over from their perspective, which gives them a huge incentive for this ACC opener in Dublin. Um, in that they will feel, and a lot of people would agree with them, they should have been in the uh, in, in the, the, the championship semi-finals and they should have gone to, to one of those bowl games and, and ultimately perhaps played in the in the national championship game. That That's not the way the cookie crumbled, unfortunately, for their perspective. But the really, really talented roster. You know, you've got two players um, out of that, uh, that, that Seminoles team who 
are likely to go in the in the first round of the the NFL draft in April. Jared Verse and Keon Coleman, who uh, you mentioned, very highly touted. Verse could probably go in the in the top ten there uh, at defensive end. But this is a team with a points to prove, and they'll be coming to Dublin and um, looking to start off their season in style. Yeah, um, I mean, they certainly um, when the uh, I guess the the crew that uh, covers uh, FSU football uh, were over visiting. Uh, back in April, they were were buoyant about a team. Uh, well, uh, a couple a couple of them were, but I don't think even they uh, were predicting quite the season that FSU had. I know it's still a talking point. Uh, Lincoln Riley uh, talking this week again, saying uh, that the playoff snub was wrong. Um, and yeah, I, I think there will be that extra motivation. I saw a story from Dan Campbell talking about he as he was doing the exit uh, interviews or end of season uh, kind of interviews or chats with his coaching staff one of the questions was, for them was were they going to watch the Super Bowl and then he talked about he was going to watch every minute of it and use it as motivation for next season I imagine FSU are going to be doing something similar where they're going to use what they feel uh, was a real snub uh, to them as motivation and they were one of the most exciting uh, teams to watch in all of college football last year and they have you know while obviously some players are going to move on uh, to the NFL they seem to have been able to retain a, a core of, of the guys the same philosophy will be there so I imagine they should once again be one of the more exciting teams to, to watch yeah a lot going on with this particular clash and look it's really an eagerly anticipated one that the, the opener as we say to the the ACC the uh, the curtain raiser there in August at the Aviva in the Erlingus College Football Classic. As we say, the uh, pre-sale link is in uh, the bio, in the podcast bio for the Irish NFL show. We've lots more uh, Erlingus College Football Classic content coming for you, including when we look at the draft and the FSU and the Georgia Tech players who are likely to go, uh, and, and a fair few predicted to go in the early rounds, and particularly in that first round uh, from that Seminoles team in particular, as we were saying. Um, but we have plenty more of that to come uh, on the Irish NFL show.